We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. inside left-handed off the glass oh what a sweet move giddy tough spot back door what a pass what a play and jada picks the pocket of trey young he'll take it himself this is new dark you listening to the uncontested what is up and welcome to the uncontested podcast coming to you live sunday january 28th on the heels of maybe the ugliest Thunder loss of the season, as the Thunder lose to the Detroit Pistons 120 to 104. We will break that down, plus so much more on tonight's episode. Before we do that, though, I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. Got my guy, Justin Peabody, with me tonight. Hello, everybody. And we got Nick Crane in the house. What a day for Detroit sports fans. Your draft what? pick might get worse. If you keep winning and your football team, who's been just as bad as the, Pist- as the Pistons for the last 60 years, uh, finally is good and does not get it done. Not only does not get it done, choked 17 points at halftime. Yeah. Like cooking. Uh-huh. That just kind of fell apart. Yeah. Oh, well, this is not an NFL podcast, so I don't want to talk about that anymore. We are live here on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure to sub to the YouTube channel. Join us in the live chat. If you are in the live chat, hit that like button for us, please. Wouldn't mean a lot. Just helps more people see the uncontested podcast. Gets us out there on more for you pages. So please, if you would be so kind as to do that. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, please drop a five-star rating if you have not already. Just a really simple five-second thing you can do that does a lot for our podcast. Means a lot to us. Also, leave a little comment, if you wouldn't mind, on the pod as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I don't think I missed any social media there. You probably wanted to avoid those social media channels today if you are a Thunder fan because the Thunder lost a really ugly game to end a really nice week. So let's dive into it, guys. 120 to 104. The Detroit Pistons get their sixth win of the season, their first win against the Western Conference, their first win against a team over 
500 against the Oklahoma City Thunder today, who started off hot 15 and 5 in the first quarter. Detroit had to call a timeout going down 15 to 5. And then ever since that point on, um, really the second quarter, just disgusting basketball from Oklahoma City. Uh, Nick, Justin, takeaways, thoughts, opinions, player performances. What do you got? Um, this is a team I didn't think we'd have this problem with. But that really felt like a group that has had a very long, road-heavy month that has two games against teams in the top three of the West in the next three or four days, along with a long home stint, sleeping in their own beds, not having to travel, and just like completely looked over this game, which again, I did not think was a thing that yeah. to worry about with this team. And we haven't, frankly, to this point, like they take care of business, they don't play with their food, for lack of a better term. Uh, just looked like they thought they could waltz in and win and get back home. And in this league, doesn't matter who you're playing on what night or what afternoon. There's always enough talent on the other side that if you play horrible defense and give no effort and do not play with discipline, you'll get your teeth kicked in. And it happened. Yep. But I, let me, I, let me I, caveat that before, before okay. I end that, that little rant. It doesn't matter that much. Whoa. So no, need, pumper Nick. no need to freak out. It's one game. Losing by 20 to the Pistons is no different than losing in triple overtime to the Celtics. It gets the same. It's it's a loss in the loss column. Um, the trolling comments on Twitter might look very different in those two scenarios, but it's this one loss true. in the loss column. It doesn't actually matter that much. It's it's a tough one to swallow because, like you said, the Thunder have not really done this this season. Outside of we saw it earlier this month, those the the trips to Atlanta and Brooklyn were probably the first time all year Oklahoma City has done something like this. This arguably the worst, probably will be the worst that can happen. Like arguably the worst loss of the NBA this season, if you want to go that far. Coming into today, Detroit had five wins on the season while the Thunder were on a five-game winning streak. Like, the parallels are rough. That said, the Pistons have been playing better lately. They're still a very bad basketball team, and they were without Cade Cunningham. There's no excuse for the Thunder losing this game. But this is also not the same level of bad that the Pistons have been. So to your point, Nick, you can't sleepwalk. On, on the flip side... Not only were the Thunder ending a, a road trip, but it was also that kind of extended stretch where they played seven of eight on the road. If you if you peel that road trip all the way back, giving them that one lone home game that they had, like that's a long time that they've been gutting it out. They also, like you mentioned, they play the Timberwolves tomorrow night. They play the Nuggets after that. They're probably looking ahead, especially to that Timberwolves game, given where those two teams have been so intertwined in the standings this year. And I, I think it showed the the Pistons came out hungry. The 1 p.m. start probably also not helping, right? This game was supposed to start at 5, got moved up because of the uh, NFL game this evening. It was See, a 1 o'clock start. Like, all these things together, right? It's a, it's a combination of everything that I think led to just 
lackadaisical basketball from the Thunder. Go ahead, Jacob. Totally agree. And I thought about that as well. I hate the tip time as an excuse because Detroit played at one as well. You know, and I know you were oh, just putting it in context. Night of a back to back. If yeah. that's just anyone, it should have helped. When they them. lost to the freaking Washington Wizards. Right. Right. Who might be worse than the Detroit Pistons. Um, yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy, like how bad bad teams are this year. Mm-hmm. In a draft class that is perceived to not have the elite high end talent. This is the kind of tanking I expected for Wimby, right? Yes, exactly. 100%. Um, Yeah, I mean, you guys have have hit it on the head. Like, I don't know what else I can add to this. Shea Gilgis-Alexander was great. He tried to force a comeback. Nine straight for him in the third quarter, try to put the team on his back. I think like what Nick said, when you don't defend, this is what happens. Um the, the Thunder didn't shoot great. They didn't have their fastball. But the problem was the energy wasn't there. And to an extent, you understand that. Like you guys mentioned, it is a long January that is not over yet. But they will spend the next seven nights at home in Oklahoma City, four games straight in OKC, which is really nice. I'm sure looking forward to that. It's a bad loss. Like You can't chalk it up any other way. Losing to Detroit is bad because they suck and you should go in and take care of business. They went three and one on the week on a week where I think a lot of people would have said, hell yeah, I'll take three and one. Right. Totally. Yep. Kind of like the week prior to that when they dropped the first two in LA and then won the next two. And we said, you gladly take two and two on that road trip before they went on that road trip. A lot of people said, let's get two and two. Yep. I think too, you're at the point in the season where, Everyone's doing this, right? Like yesterday, everyone's clowning Minnesota for losing to San Antonio. And then the very next yep. day, the Thunder lose to the pit. Like this just happens. You're in that part of the season. Like from now until all-star break, this this won't be the last time this happens. This won't be the last time a top-tier team loses to a bottom feeder because they're exhausted. And then they're going to get a week off and they're going to reset. And things are going to take a different gear post-All-Star because that's what happens every single season. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be shocked at all for a couple of reasons if they come out and beat Minnesota tomorrow. Yeah. Sure. I I mean, mean, they've done it twice, right? Yeah. They're kind of, I feel like, just a bad matchup for uh, for Minnesota. Kind of like how the Kings have been bad for Oklahoma City. I feel like Oklahoma City has been bad for Minnesota for a plethora yeah. of reasons. One way or another, the starters got rest today. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. not a lot of guys There's played a over silver 30 lining. minutes. Um, you know, getting back home, getting that home crowd juice going. Although the last time they played at home was against the Portland Trailblazers, and we saw how that went. So that'll be interesting. But whenever we zoom in real close and we're so invested day in and day out, like I think a lot of fans that listen to this podcast are losing to Detroit feels like, Oh my God, what the hell happened? What's the train is off the rails. It's off in the city. The, the, what do you call the, the main train car in the very front, the engine car. I'm not a, not a train expert, (laughs) not a big train guy. (laughs) The engine car is on main street. It's exploded. Mom and pops bakery is burning. 
Like people freak out. It's very vivid. And when you're zoomed in so close like we are, the locomotive, thank you, Joseph, in the chat. <laughs> yeah, the A Smoot says the conductor. The conductor's dead. He got beheaded whenever it crossed Second Street. Like oh my God. everything's horrible. But when we zoom out to 30,000, just to 10,000 feet to this week, it's a pretty nice week. When you zoom out to the month, they're 10 and 5 in January. If back on New Year's Eve against the Brooklyn Nets at home, if I would have told you, hey, the Thunder are about to go 10 and 5 in the first 15 in January, every Thunder fan would have said, oh, hell yeah. Sign me up. There's no way that's happening. They're 10 and 5 right now. With how many more games in, in January do they have? Just the two? Yeah. Worst case scenario, they go, they go 10 and 7. Yep. <clears throat> which I think is really, really good considering what the month of January was. So when we zoom out, like it's not that big of a deal. It's part of an 82-game season. You have ups and you have downs. One thing I would count on, though, even if they get tired, even if they get beat, they're going to come out with some energy and some juice tomorrow night against Minnesota. Yep. Yep. And one comment in the chat I think we should – talk a little bit about good question from David um, to summarize the question for maybe listeners on the pod that are not on the video version. Um, David mentioned the pretty brutal second quarters for the thunder this month, specifically um, most on the defensive end outscored giving up 30 plus. Um, he 46 says, tonight or this afternoon yeah, to the Pistons. Yeah, not the good. Um, the, the theme here that he's getting at is like really good first quarters Bad second, decent third, good fourth. The question is, will Mark fix this? Um, I don't think it's a fixed thing because I think you have to give and take a little bit. And I'm going to flash something on the screen here that I think will help. Are we getting a stuff. Nick multimedia presentation? So this is basically a break. This isn't for January, though. If you look at January, it's it's pretty similar. Um, this is basically a breakdown of throughout a game on average, who plays when. I'll let you guys tell me what really sticks out in the second quarter when we see a big dip in productivity. Hint, hint, <coughs> top line. MVP, MVP. Shea Gilgis Alexander plays the majority of the first quarter, and his biggest block of rest is the beginning to mid yep. portion of the second quarter. When, if you look at this chart, is one of the heavier times for J-Dub and Chet Holmgren to take over. Um, they're they're obviously fine. Like, they're really good players. Like, future all-stars, almost more than likely. Um, but you kind of expect to drop off when Shea comes out. I know the defense has been a problem. You would think that some of these guys, but also look at Lou Dort. Kind of mirror Shea. Didn't play a whole lot in the, in the early part of the second quarter. Um these are things my, my point bringing this up is like, you have to push pull a bit. The thunder are awesome late third and fourth. Like David mentioned, because they do this stagger where J dub sits at the end of the third. Shea closes the third and then Shea rests to start the fourth. And we see this fourth quarter dub and then they, and then Shea comes back in. And that's like this duo that you can't stop at the end of games. These guys can't play 48 minutes. You kind of have to have a point in time where you got to lean on your depth. And for Mark, based on this trend, what we're seeing 
is the first part of the second quarter is when he's leaning on some of these other guys to do some stuff. And it has been rough of late. Um, but I think it's something you work through. Like this team is not perfect. This team is not as good as it's going to be next week, next month, end of season. Um, you also got to consider, we talked about these dudes are what 11 games in the past 18 days or something ridiculous, mostly on the road. Like they're tired. Um, all that to say, to answer David's question, I don't think it's a when will Mark fix this because if you front load second quarter minutes with more Shea, he's got to rest somewhere down the line. So then all of a sudden, like your third quarters and fourth quarters aren't as good because he's more tired. So you got to push pull some. And I think the reality is first half of the second quarter is tough and you got to have other guys step up. Nick, I've been thinking about I, I think this is the perfect place to bring this up. I've been thinking about this kind of a lot recently, especially with the trade deadline. Uh, kind of looming here in about a week and a half. And I think your little, uh, your graphic here, which people in the chat said, the thing that sticks out is they can't freaking read it, uh, which I thought was funny. But it's made me think a lot about the Thunder have, I think, a really good bench. They have a lot of depth. But they don't have your stereotypical sixth man. We bring this guy in. The Jordan Clarkson. And he kind of runs the show. They're trading J-Dub kind of as that. Mm -hmm. They're letting him run with the second unit more. But they don't have that guy off the bench. I think they have a lot of great depth on the bench. Kaysom Wallace is good. Isaiah Joe is good. Aaron Wiggins is good. Uh, Kenrich Williams is good. But they don't have that guy. Do you think that's something that they need? Because there's sometimes where I feel like on any given night, it could be any of those guys. Mm -hmm. But is it better to have the consistency of this is the guy that we rely off of the, off the bench every night? I, I don't know that you have to have the guy, but you need, like you said, you need a guy. I think that the Thunder may have a guy who can be the guy, just maybe not yet. Maybe it's Casey Wallace. Mm. Maybe he has the ability to develop. He's still he's still so young in his first season. I think I think he has the the tools to be a guy that can be in can take a little bit more of the offensive load while still bringing that kind of feistiness on defense to be a spark for your second unit. If you think about him leveled up a little bit from where he is now, plus J Dub kind of staggering and leading that second unit, like that could be a really fun backcourt combo. I think to back to David's question from the chat. I think this chart, it, like it brings up a really good point, Nick, of you look at how these minutes are staggered and it kind of correlates to the issues that we're talking about. I think a lot of it goes to what, where the, um, some of these guys have struggled, right? Like Chet has struggled lately Out, outside of that new Orleans game. Like he has, he's had a bit of a, a rough stretch and that, Again, you're starting the second quarters with him and J-Dub kind of leading that unit. If Chet's not being a defensive anchor, that's going to lead to a worse defensive performance for the entire team if he's kind of out there in that role. And then what are you going to do? You sub him off and put in J-Will? Like, that's not going to give you the defensive relief that you're hoping for. So I think some of those issues are compounding themselves when you take your superstar off the floor that I think it's a, it's a super valid point that there's going to be ebbs and flows. That's why it's a, it's a cliche 
but it's true. In an NBA game, you get down 10 points in the first quarter. Like the chances that you stay down by 10 points the entire game are very minimal. Yeah. Because teams have mismatches. They know how to exploit them, but you can't exploit the same mismatch for the entirety of a 48 minute game. Usually, usually there's, there's ebbs and flows and that's a cliche for a reason. What the Thunder need to do is get consistent performances back to your point, Jacob of, okay, you don't have the guy you need a guy to step up and you need all the guys, the other guys to at least be solid. I don't need Isaiah Joe and Aaron Wiggins and Kendrick Williams and Jay will to be, to go off every single night, but I do need them to be solid and I do need them to have defensive discipline and I do need them to do the little things well, which they have a reputation for doing. And then you might need one guy to go off. And I think a lot of times that can be J-Dub with that second unit, the way they have that staggering working out. He, he can be that guy. But I think this, I mean, this this is a really, I think, fascinating graph. I remember when when this came across my Twitter feed a week or so ago, like it, it explained, not explains, but like it helps kind of illustrate a lot, right? In terms of the ebb and flow of the game. Maybe there's room to tweak this rotation a bit, right? Like down the stretch as, as we're learning more about this team, as Mark's learning more about this team, maybe there's an opportunity to adjust uh, to David's point. So um, two things. This comes from Positive Residual. People in the chat are asking where this is from. Really cool website. Got a, a few applications that are um, putting together some really, really unique ways of looking at data. Um, two, to the point of like that sixth man, and I'm I'm almost certainly going to contradict this point in the next six months without a doubt. <laughs> I appreciate the, the honesty. The way the Thunder play today, where you don't ha- so the pro and con of having that like Jordan Clarkson six man guy that gets you a bucket is when he's on, it's really effective. When he's off, you're kind of screwed. If your volume mm-hmm. score off the bench ain't hitting, your bench ain't doing good. Thunder yep. bench this season, uh, number one in point differential number two in net rating, um, number one in three-point shooting. Like, they've been really good, and it's because they play team basketball. They don't have that that solidified number one go-to guy off the bench, but it works. So today, it's, like, not a concern. Um, when you want to be a contender, you might want that go-to guy, especially in the playoffs when rotation's shortened. Uh, shorten, but uh, they play really well today. So, mm-hmm. like, again, in the month of January, you expect – some ebbs and flows. And we saw that certainly. Um, But I, I I believe in this bench, big picture, like, like playing as a team and the talent on this bench, they're going to be fine. The other thing, and people are going to boo and probably turn off the podcast when they listen to this. They're young. This is what young teams do. Young teams typically aren't consistent. That's like the hallmark of a young team. They are inconsistent. They show you high highs and they show you low lows. This is a low low. I thought I yes. wasn't on the podcast. I or was I on the podcast? Hell, I can't even remember what shows I'm on anymore. I was on that podcast. I thought that New Orleans game was one of Chet's best games of the season. Yeah. Like he was freaking incredible. Never had to take over the game to impact the game massively. Tonight he started the game. I say tonight, this afternoon, he started the game incredibly hot and then really just like not much else the rest of the game. 
Yep. You know, it's kind of the hallmark of a young team. It's what they look like. It happens. It happens. Let's switch gears a little bit, guys. Let's stop talking about Detroit. Uh, let's get this graphic off the screen, Nick. If you can't read this also, I'm on a microscopic screen right now, and I can read it. Check your bandwidth. <laughs> Check your eyesight, suckers. Why don't you make an eye doctor appointment, you degenerates? Jeez. We love you all. We do love you all. Go get some contacts. <laughs> Let's move on from the crap show that was Detroit. I'm going to try to not drop any F-bombs on this podcast tonight. Did you guys hear that the other night? No. Shows that you guys don't listen to your own podcast. Uh, I mean, that or, Jacob could literally refer to any podcast that you've been on. Jacob could <laughs> drop an F-bomb and I wouldn't even like double take. <laughs> it was good. That's not noteworthy. Yeah, that's not like, oh my gosh, you need to say that on the pod? I, I've never said the F-word on the pod. That's no, honest. that is a that's lie. Not it true. is not a lie. That's not, it, not it, true. If I did, it was before we were doing live shows and we would bleep them out. <laughs> I have never dropped an F-bomb on a live show. And I got fired up about Chet V. Wemby the other night. <laughs> and I dropped an F bomb and uh the chat um was very upset. Maybe I'm just used to like pre and post show when you're yeah, probably so. <laughs> probably that'd be so. like that'd be like, did you guys hear the other week when I crapped on Rudy Gobert? Like, no, it's not noteworthy, man. <laughs> I've I've heard that before. Oh man, he's in town tomorrow. I wonder if he's bringing COVID with him again. Oh boy. So Shay Gilgis Alexander has been announced as a starter. For the all-star game uh surprise level uh low i think that despite where he ended in the fan voting right like fan voting is always a part of it he actually got i think higher in the fan voting than i anticipated i think it shows you know his superstardom is actually taking hold of of the wider nba but his respect among the coaches and the players, like there, there's not many players as kind of universally loved. Like he just doesn't really have any enemies right now. I'm sure that'll change. And it does Edwards feel like, like it, a word. I was going to say, it does feel like it's shifting a little bit with the free throw merchant narrative as of late, but in general, like he's just an extremely likable player. And I always felt pretty confident that the, the player in, in coach vote, would push him over that threshold. Um, it's awesome though, right? Like as much as confident as you can feel, it's still, it's, um, it's still a very big deal. There's only 10 players in the association that get that honor. So for Shay to be one of them, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. And I think Thunder fans shouldn't take it for granted. I'll be honest with you. Like I expected first for him in player vote. Oh, media vote. I was a little media. Sorry, on. media, not coach. No, you're fine. Coaches pick reserves, which we'll get to. Right, 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 right. I was a little worried about the media vote just because the lack of like nationally televised games over the past few years, uh, even this year a little bit. And the nationally televised games that they've gotten have been like Sega Baba's and just games where he like hasn't been great. Yeah. And there's naturally more media on the coasts. And so those media members are exposed to coastal teams more. The liberal coastal elites. I was worried that he wouldn't get first in media and that's what would prevent him from starting. I think he's, when you break that threshold though, and you start barring some sort of like massive setback, 
I think he's going to start five more times in his career. Like, is that hot? I, if he, if he's maybe a, end of his career, he's a six time all-star, all-star starter. It's just, it's hard to like guarantee that because injuries you can't control it. Everything injuries, sure. trades, like the West is so stacked right now that there's a lot of really good players that aren't getting that starting nod which makes the fact that Shea is all the more impressive. Yeah. But like, you and just at the end of the day, that. your resume just says um, all-star and doesn't say starter or bench. But I once to your point, once you cross that threshold of being an all-star starter, I think that lowers the floor of Shea making the all-star game period significantly moving forward. You mean raises the floor? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I think it's, you know, it, it makes it a lot less probable that there will be a year where he, if assuming he has, you know, good season that he won't be in that all-star conversation. It feels like kind of once you're in, you're in. Yeah. I was, I was actually the opposite of you, Jacob. I felt given the media has already given that first team LNBA vote of confidence. Like they know who Shea is. He's, he's already gotten that respect given he's top three in MVP, not just in like, Vegas odds, but like they do the straw polls and they, they pull medium. Like I think shape from the media has gotten the respect. No doubt. Um, I don't think there's any national people anymore that are doubting Shay. players though, is where I was a little bit concerned. Like the guy, the players go against him every night. You make great points there, but it is kind of like a popular fan club kind of thing. Like who you hang out with, who that, not that he was going to be like fifth or seventh in player voting, but I didn't know about number one. And I think now that we've like, the fan vote hate it means nothing to me in a small market being third, like Justin said, or Jacob said, being yeah. that close to Steph was impressive yep. to me. Um, I know the splits are it's 25, 25 and the fan votes 50. Um, I think getting number one in player and media just speaks volumes to how good he is. So on the player vote, Shea got 125 total votes. Second place was Luca with 116. Uh, media vote, Shea got 96. Second place was Luca with 89. This is what kind of surprised me. Um, player vote, Steph only got 76. And media, he got four. And Edwards, player vote, he got 63 votes. Media, he got 10. I thought Steph would get more of the media vote, and he very much did not. I, I think the the media sees where he's at in his career, right? He's not he's he's not the all star Steph that he used to be. Um, but like we just said, kind of once you're in, you're in. You're you're always an all star guard, even when you're not, to an extent. And I think that that's that's where Steph will be. I think the the player vote kind of counter to what you said, Nick. Think of a guy like Luca, like extremely talented. But I bet there's a lot of players that fucking hate Luke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was just 100%. for you, Jacob. Um, I think that there's there's a lot of players that like are probably not voting for him out of spite, compared to a guy like Shea. Like again, just kind of likable in general. Um, you could probably say the same about Ant. Like it just the people that have the the attitude where they bristle people the wrong way, like. 
Shea just doesn't, he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk on the court. He's not John at you. So he probably hasn't made a lot of enemies yet. I, I agree with all of that stuff. I do think Shea is a sneaky, sneaky trash talker. He's, he's not the Pat Bev, Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green. Congrats on your uh, time away really being effective. Um, he's not like a loud, obnoxious trash talker, but I think he's the kind of guy like when Josh Giddy's about to do an inbounds play and like his defenders on him, he's about to break away and he try to try to get open. I think Shay's saying st- some stuff in their ears. I, I think he's a sneaky trash talker. I hope so. I would just love that. I need to get him mic'd up. I'm re- I'd like to hear it. J Dub mic'd up. J that was excellent. Excellent. It was fun. I'd like to get Chet mic'd up too. I think Chet. <laughs> I think Chet chirps a little bit. Hundred um, percent. Who's joining him in Indiana? Shea's going to start on the All Star team. No is there a Sunday chance night. there is another All Star on Oklahoma City's roster? No. Which which is so against history, especially if Mark does get the coaching spot. Like historically, if you're a top one, two, sometimes three team, you get two guys by default. I just think this is such a unique circumstance where mm-hmm. the two guys that might are the ninth seeded Lakers are going to get two. Yeah, yeah, and and that, and that goes back to the once you're in, you're in thing. Yeah. Like Bron and AD, if you if you put like AD and Chet stats up, AD stats are definitely a little bit better. But you look at like impact and and on a better team and like Chet's been the second best player on a really good team. AD has been the second best player on a playing team. Like you could really make a case that Chet deserves it over AD, but we all know AD's getting it over Chet. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a no brainer. It just, it's, yeah. it's a name recognition thing. Um, if anything in the NBA was, was real and you looked at the numbers and they, it, it just doesn't happen. So I think we will see other Thunder players in Indianapolis, but I don't think it'll be for Sunday night. I think I we get three Thunder players on the rookie sophomore game. Just how, the rookie sophomore game? Just how? Yeah, Chet will be there. J Dub will be there, and I think Kaysen gets in easy. Wow! I think the impact Kaysen has had—he's played like every single game. He's still their highest minute getter off the bench. Like I think Kaysen is in. How many? How many? Rookies get into that thing. Ten. It's a pool of no. It's, no, it's a pool of seven rookies, seven sophomores, and seven G leaguers. Is right. So it wasn't. Like that's what that. it was last year. It was like seven. I can't seven, remember seven. how they set it up. But it's also can be more than rookies and sophomores because I, I don't know. They change the damn rules every year. Yeah. If do. it's seven, if it's seven rookies, let's just let's just pretend it's a horrible podcasting. We don't have the actual number. Uh, if it's seven, does Casey get in? Chet, Wemby, Jaime Hawkes. Lively. Lively. Brandon, Brandon Miller. Miller. You got two more. I think Kula Bali deserves it. And I go Kaysen. You, you, you didn't like throwing that. You're like, hesitant. You get Kaysen. Like, they're not putting pods in there. They're going to put a Thompson twin. That's what I, I was just going to oh, say. Yeah, yeah, Star you? Maybe both. both just for cam whitmore for the duck you got to remember this is also yeah. kind of a how do we make this a, a product people want to watch do you so tell me this do you think case and wallace is as fun to watch in a 
open floor, high flying game than the Thompson twins? Absolutely not. <laughs> Is Case and Wallace more impactful to winning right now, though? Yes, yes. But that's not, but that again, kind of, just like who, the who, cho- who chooses not this afternoon? Who chooses them? Yeah, who chooses the rookie no sophomore? idea? Adam Silver. I, the pool, the pool is put together, and then like the three celebrity coaches draft from that pool. But I forget how the pool is put together. Yeah. I don't I, know. I is it a hot take to think J Dub might not participate? I think I said this before. Like too good. Kinda. I had the same thought driving like, home today. Chet, I could see because he, you know, because he's actually a rookie, but like J Dub, I think J Dub would participate because I think Paulo's going to participate. If I'm J Dub, I don't do it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I don't do it. I'm kind of with you. I think it's a state. I think that's like a, a state. Luca and boot. Trey did it. Yeah. But that was world and, and US. It was, and a, it was a little yeah. different. If I'm J Dub, I'm like, I'm too good for this, man. <laughs> Right, like you're probably not saying that out loud, but totally, totally is the 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 phrase to the public would be, um, "It's a long season. I need the rest. I'm going to take this time to go do whatever." Yes, yes, yes. Probably go watch his brother play. Go watch his brother play. Recruit him to draft uh, to tank his draft stock so KC can pick. (laughs) Show up on Sunday night in a in a Shea All Star jersey again. Like he's 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 done it. You know, it's like what what does he benefit from being in the rising yeah. stars challenge again? Yeah. Exactly. Fair. Do we think... do we see any other people outside of all star and rising stars? Do we see Isaiah Joe in the three point shootout? Based off of shooting percentages, it might need to be J dub in the three point shootout. Hey, oh. I don't I don't think Joe gets I don't think he's in be, that might need to be J dub in the dunk contest too. Put him in everything. Screw it. <laughs> Put him in hey. <laughs> Here's a take. If the Thunder are back in this spot, like top one, two, three in the West, this time next year, they're getting three guys on the All Star yeah, team. No doubt, three. No doubt. Uh, if hypothetically Cheddar Dub did make the All Star game, are they automatically disqualified from Rising Stars? You can be in both. You can. Mm-hmm. There's been people who've been in both. I think Luca was who? in both. Really. I'm almost positive Luca was in them both. I don't. Was he? Let's see. There's been people who have been in both for sure. You're just making stuff up. You can't even give us names. <laughs> I am not. Uh, making it up. Luca. <laughs> Luca was an All Star in year two. I think the Trey thing was year one. So now you're making stuff up, Jacob. All right. Hey, fake news, baby. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Let's news. take a break. On the other side. We're going to look forward to the second half of the NBA and Thunder season. We're going to talk a little trade deadline talk. And we're going to update our predictions and see who is in the lead. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we are back. So, gentlemen, we're past the halfway mark. And I've been thinking, like, after the halfway mark, you get a lot of stuff happening in the NBA. You get the all-star break, the trade deadline, the buyout market, teams that have just kind of been treading water, keeping their head above the waterline, now really start to push down the gas a little bit for, for the playoff push. Then we're in a place where they haven't been since 2014, since a decade, alone atop the Western Conference for that glorious 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 not hours. Not alone anymore, Jacob. I know. <laughs> they were until they lost. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh, because, because the Timberwolves had lost the night before. So I wanted us to collaborate and come up with what are the five things that OKC needs to do to keep their position in the top three in the Western Conference for the second half of the season. We cannot choose health as one of our choices because that one's a given. So what are five things that this team needs to do now that we have a full half of a season of sample size to stay in the top three headed into the playoffs? I think they they need to get um, – I don't know how broad I want to go with this because this could apply to a number of players. But they need to get consistent quality performances from, like I said, a number of players. But I'll, I'll lead with Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren as the defensive anchor of this team. I think you've seen it in this month that when he is on, this team – achieves another level both when he's on on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball i think the positive and you know we talked about this in regards to that new orleans game specifically when he has an opportunity to see a team twice that second performance is so much better than the first that's a positive 
heading into the playoffs because you, you get the opportunity, right? Those series are long. Over the course of the series, you get you get to really understand somebody's tendencies. And if he's as much of a film freak as it seems he is, that'll that'll be a plus that helps this team all the way into the playoffs. But I think getting getting him to perform, kind of break through that rookie wall a little bit is going to be crucial. If he continues to um, have off performances, I think it, it will open up the door for the Thunder to to slip in the standings a little bit because he is he's already such an important part of this team's success. I think that's fair. So number one will be for Chet to continue playing at the high level he is and get through the rookie wall. Good news. I think him being with the team last year and him technically being like a redshirt rookie really yes. helps with that. Totally. Like really helps with that. He knows what the longevity looks like. He knows how to take care of his body at an NBA level. Like he's seen everything. He knows what it's going to take. But so he also I, I, just came off a year where he was not playing any games. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's like, yes, there's a lot of benefits from being around the team and how his position was last year, but he also wasn't playing basketball really for a year. And I think that that, that has the, the opportunity to, to be a little bit of baggage down the stretch. I think that's a good one. Yep. Um, I will. And go I think with... that's probably number one on the list, right? If we're omitting injuries, Okay, so now everything I say is going to be two to five automatically. Per usual. Per usual. No, Nick, if you if you bring up a good point, we will throw you a bone. This is Family Feud, and Justin already got the top. <laughs> good answer, good top answer. Um, mine's going to be a little more specific, I think. Um, going back to the bench production, I, I think that we're going to get a lot of minutes moving forward from Dub at the one and... Josh Giddy at the one with reserves. However, I think the further establishment of Vasa as the backup point guard, we we've seen a little bit of everything with the backup, the bench unit, like case and Wallace, I think in two to three years has the creation and facilitation upside to be a true point guard in this league today the lack of aggression and maybe confidence. Like he's, he's much better suited as an off ball guard shooting spot up and sometimes creating off the bounce. I have not seen yet him be the guy you want to see as your backup point guard today. Isaiah Joe, we've seen him do more with the ball in his hands, still better suited as an off ball guard. I think Vasa is the guy that you have to have as your, your stereotypical backup point guard that can facilitate when Josh dub or Shea is not on the floor. And we've seen stints this season where he plays a lot. We've seen stints this season where it's like, where is this guy? And I think that if they can continue to get him consistent minutes as the backup point guard to enhance that bench, it'll help this team stay in the top three. I like it. I think that's good. But you don't like it enough for number one? No, absolutely not. It's number one B. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> okay. No Nick, way is Vasa Meaches one B in terms Justin of the went success. Kind of in the middle, like just targeting a specific player. Nick went really specific on Vasa. So for number three, I'm gonna go very wide and very broad here. The Thunder have been one of the best offenses in the league, one of the best shooting teams in the league this year. And the sample is pretty damn big. 
Like, I kind of think they're just a really good offensive team. But there have been some games, especially recently, where the offense wasn't cooking. And it took some nasty, gritty, grinded-out, defensive-style basketball to win the game. I think about the New Orleans game a few nights ago on Friday. I think about the win in Minnesota most recently. What was that, about a week ago now? I think exactly a week ago on a Saturday night. I can't remember exactly. But I think of those games. Those were games where the Thunder didn't win the game by scoring 130 points because they shot 40% from three on 30 attempts. And Shea went 14 of 18, and J-Dub went 10 of 14, and they just cooked teams. That were, Those were games where they just had to lock in, be nasty, compete even though they're typically smaller than the team they're playing against, and grind out a win. That takes discipline, that takes effort, that takes buy-in, that takes fresh legs, that takes a lot of stuff. And you start to lose that as the season goes on. I mean, it's it's human nature. But I think being able to have that defensive mindset because that's how you're going to grind out playoff wins. And if they want to stay top three in the West, there's going to be nights, maybe more frequently as legs get tired, where you're not crazy hot from deep, where you're not having a super efficient offensive night. And they're going to have to rely on rebounding the ball, forcing turnovers, and just kind of being chaotic on that end of the floor to win. I think that is like a a massive thing for the second half of this season. And again, the benefit of it is we've seen them do it. We know that's in the arsenal. We know they know how to play that type of basketball. And so when push comes to shove, I think they can. I think the importance yeah, that, of that starts ramping up even before the playoffs too, right? Like I, I oh, 100%. Yeah. It, it, it's a, yes, you lose some of it as your legs get tired, but I think as you head into the playoffs, everything starts to kind of ramp up a bit. I think a lot of that, you mentioned quite a few things on offense, but I think that that, that really applies to the defensive end as well. Like that's where the discipline comes in huge in those, those types of ball games where every possession matters and you you can't just rely on you know what you can get done in transition you've got to slow things down and grind it out and we've seen the thunder lose games that have had the pace dictated like the their trip to la comes to mind i think we we got to see the negative effects of that and what a crappy but veteran team like the lakers can do when they when they show some of the the experience on a young team like the Thunder. I think it as much as you can do to to work through that on the offensive end and on rebounding, like the defensive end has to carry it as well. Totally agree. We got so that's three. We got Chet staying consistent, not hitting the rookie wall. We got Vasa establishing himself as the bench unit point guard and really being able to facilitate offense whenever your big guys aren't on the floor. Big guys isn't like your big usage guys. We've got the defense being able to grind out wins even when the offense struggles and gets clunky. What's number four? Go ahead, Justin, Mr. Uh, Let's hear it. Well, 
it's the other player that was in mind when I was sharing my first one. I think Josh Giddy plays an important role. We've, there's been a lot of comments in the chat about him, so it feels like we need to to discuss him because it, it seems like at least uh, the people in the live chat right now have a similar sense in that like Josh Giddy's play, I think has a lot to do with this team's success. Although his role has looked different, although his minutes have looked different, I know we've talked about it both on the pod and on the side in our in our group messages. Like this team has been incredibly successful, sometimes in spite of Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. But the times where we've seen Giddy excelling is when this team takes it to a whole nother level. So if Josh Giddy can deliver consistent positive performances to this team not trying to be something he's not playing within the game but doing those things really really well this team becomes not just a threat to host a first round playoff series but like a threat to stay at the tippy top like they're a very very good team and i think a threat to make a run as far as far as you could make a run if Josh Giddy is playing well. So if you want to talk about how, how do the Thunder continue this momentum, Josh Giddy ramping up down the stretch of this season would be massive. And the good news is he's kind of done that in the other years that he's been in the league. Like think how good Giddy was playing down the stretch last year. I, if he does that again, if he puts together a similar run with this year's version of the team, we're going to have a lot of fun in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this is rock bottom for his production. I'm not talking other things. Josh can only get better, and he will be better. He has been better. Uh, I think it's a good point, Justin. Like, if this team is going to maintain or be better than it is, Josh gives a huge piece of it. The thing with Josh, I think, is goes back to the consistency argument. You look at that Boston game. You could argue Josh won them that game, right? Like he was awesome. Very clearly in that Boston game, the game plan was let Josh shoot. Like don't guard him. Yep. Put Chris Stapps on him and play five steps off and clog the lane. Yep. And Josh made him pay. There's other nights where Josh absolutely cannot make them pay, and it clogs the defense or it clogs the offense so bad uh, that he plays 20 minutes, right? That inconsistency is a challenge. He's also, he competes really, really well on defense. Sometimes he's just not good enough on that end, like quite frankly. I think he's at his best when he is making quick decisions and getting off the ball fast, uh, when he is catching a pass and swinging it quickly, when he's screening, cutting, rolling. He's actually a really good cutter, and that's one thing that I've been really pleased with over like the past month is Josh getting not having the ball in his hands, cutting to the basket and getting layups. Like yeah. you love to see that. That's I'd rather, I'd much rather see that than Josh trying to ISO into a layup, right? Like Agreed. we talked about wanting to see him use his side and get it the size and get inside doing it that way versus trying to just like get the, get the ball outside the, the three point arc and take it in. Like it's so much more effective. Totally agree. There, there's a place where Josh Giddy really fits on this team. I think right now Josh Giddy's skills aren't highlighted as much because of the 
like the build of the team, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy him the rest of the season. But yeah, it, it almost feels like everything else is kind of set in stone and the team will go as Josh goes. I think that's really fair. So we've got Chet, we've got Vasa, we've got Josh, we've got defense. Nick, take us home, buddy. Um, I'll take us home, and I think it may spark a broader conversation that we can have maybe after an ad break. How about a trade? I'm not talking a massive trade. Mikhail Bridges, baby. I'm talking a marginal trade that doesn't require giving up the farm of assets though you could almost trade for anybody and you're not even scratching the surface of your asset pool um but a trade that scratching your assets <laughs> mark down that timestamp for silva god uh but a trade i think like like that's the obvious one we haven't talked about and i think it's it's a bit of a cop-out kind of like the injury answer but if this team's gonna stay one through three which was the initial question like a trade's the most obvious thing that can help them get there. And so I've got names. Um, Before you give names, I have a question. Yeah. You said, again, not to scratch the assets. <laughs> can you give us like, that's subjective. Yeah. Can you give us like concrete, like what is, <clears throat> are you talking like trade one first? Are you talking about trading no first? Are you talking about trading nobody in the top eight of the rotation? Yeah, I mean, I think in my, again, good question, it's subjective. Um, to me, a, a fringe trade or a marginal trade is one which you are trading one of the above or multiple of the above. A player that doesn't play nightly, one or fewer first-round picks or second-round picks. Okay. I've been on the the belief lately, Nick, that if they make a move, they are going to trade for somebody. I'm not saying they would trade away anybody in the top eight. I don't think that's going to happen in the current top eight. Mm-hmm. But I think they would trade for somebody who would be between the sixth and the ninth best player on this team. I, I keep thinking about a guy that may not be in the nightly rotation, but in the playoff series could be the matchup difference. Like, if you were to go three rounds in the playoffs, this guy may not play at all in the first round. Like, just don't need it or doesn't fit. But in round two, you're like, thank God the Thunder traded for this guy because he matches up so well. Or we needed that side, needed that shooting, whatever it is, that he's like the guy that gets you over the hump. Even if he was your ninth man in the rotation all season long. Like, that that matchup phenomenon. Like, every playoff series, every night, in a single playoff series is going to be different and you have to make adjustments and without those different like tools and levers to pull. You can't, you can't do it without depth and different types of players. And that's the kind of guy that I think fits like the fringe, like could be a guy that plays if there's 30 games post trade deadline, um, roughly uh, he may only play 19 of them, but he's still a, a good piece. Yeah, that's fair. So you said you had names. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to go through those now or do you want to wait till let's let's do an ad break. Okay. On the other side, we'll talk a few names. Okay. We'll update the standings. We'll make predictions, then we'll get out of here. Sound good? Let's do it. We will be right back. Stay with us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back. Nick's got a list. He's checked it twice. What do you got, Nick? Saint Nick. Um, I've got one, two, three, four, five. I got about fifteen to twenty names. What? <laughs> so no, let, let me give some background. Let me give some background. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking we we're gonna talk like three guys. No, 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 no. We are, we are, we are, we are. Now if entering Denny's our not, three. If Denny's not on the, the long list. I'm turning podcast. this podcast off. No, I, I'm working on a trade deadline preview, and like as names pop in my head or I see guys playing, I'm like, oh, he'd fit. I'm just like putting them in a list. So the list is growing. Um, do we want to go with like that fringe criteria we described or do we want to get a little more spicy or where do you want to take this Jacob? Nick, this is your show. We're just, we're just along for the ride. My guy. That is not true. This is, um, this is, we're still on number five, Nick. I, I, I know, I know, but do you, do you want me to stick on that fringe let's trade let's, yeah, or let's, do you want to have let's fun? Hear some fringe trades? Well, yeah, both, let's not do obviously. anybody that would start. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring a guy into the conversation that Jacob in 2019 through 2021 would have salivated over. And today it's probably more of like, a, Oh, that's a cool trade. Do you want to guess Jacob? Do you know what I'm talking about? Nicholas Batum. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Zach Collins. Ooh! Oh boy. I kind of like it. You used to be a Zach oh, Collins I, stan. I was obsessed with Zach Collins. I thought he there, was a perfect fit. There was probably podcasts back in the day that you were willing to trade multiple firsts for Zach Collins. I'm not against it. <laughs> Today? Not against multiple yeah. firsts? <laughs> not multiple firsts. But, but if you could go get him and he could be criteria. your bench big. Yeah. <laughs> I, think he, I think if you traded for Zach Collins right now, he surplants Jay Will in the lineup. Yep. And he probably takes some Kenrich Williams minutes and plays 15 a night as your primary backup. Agreed. I think he 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 does a lot of things as a big the connectivity, the unselfishness, the guy that he doesn't there's a lot of guys in this league, if they're not getting shots they're not effective and that's not Zach Collins I think he can go out there he, he can go out there 15 minutes and not take a single shot and I think he can impact winning which is what you want yeah that's a good point I don't hate it and yeah. he looks like the kid from uh Frankenweenie <laughs> he does what you never seen Frankenweenie what the heck's Frankenweenie okay Nick is that a kid show it's a it's a movie but yes <laughs> okay. Jacob, why are you watching kids show? Justin has an excuse at least. It's an animated feature film. And it okay. came out when? Like early 2010s? Yeah, something like that. When Jacob was 30? <laughs> oh my. I'm kidding. I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. All right, who's your next name, you jerk? Next name. It's a long list here. Um this one you're not going to like as much. But I think the price is low. I think 
the upside is there. And I think the contract is one in which if it doesn't work, the guy walks, you don't have long-term money tied up. It's kind of like the Hamadou Diallo trade is how I'm thinking about this one. It's like, let's swap a guy for a guy. If it works, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Jackson Hayes. Another one we've oh. talked about for years and years and years. Out. Why Why are you out? I don't think he fits the type of player like on court that they want. Like he offers something different, which I can understand the argument for. Yeah. I think they're looking for more guys that fit the mold. And didn't he get booked for like beating the shit out of his girlfriend in LA like a year and a half ago? I He tackled a cop, which is very different than what you described. I thought he got charged for domestic assault, but could be wrong. If he did, that changes the list, and I may be scratching him. Okay. <laughs> Tackling a cop is A-OK. I don't know if I should say that. Never mind. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you're would, out, you rather, would you rather give minutes to Jackson Hayes or Jay will Jay will See, and this this is the perfect example of the scenario matchup in the playoffs. If you're playing a team where Jay Will is just too slow to guard, like a a long, quick team, like I'm not thinking Minnesota, where I think Jay Will actually provides a lot because he's a big, bulky front court player. Jackson Hayes is kind of the opposite, like this long, lanky, like more like a Chet than he is a Jay Will. If you're playing against a team that goes small but also big like that's that's the kind of piece that's like he may not play every game down the stretch of the thunder if you trade for him but he could be a guy that in a certain matchup for 10 minutes he's he's what you need he's the he's the energy the juice the matchup i don't know he's interesting to me i i'm, I'm not like this team needs jackson hayes but he's a, he's a name that he plays for the lakers almost every night like i think that's something that people don't realize um he does have some dnps here and there but he's played a lot of games not that the Lakers are great, but he plays. Justin, are you in or out? Jacob's fully out. Where are you? I, I I'm I think I, I lean out. I have the same reaction to, as Jacob of like I'm probably playing J Will. Yeah, there might be some matchups where J Will like not might be. There are some matchups where J Will's not the perfect guy, but I, I don't know that Jackson Hayes feels like a oh yeah, you gotta have Jackson Hayes on the bench yeah. for X team. And and let me just pause this conversation for a second. From June 14th of 2022, ESPN.com, New Orleans Pelican Center, Jackson Hayes, sentenced Tuesday to three years of probation, 450 hours community service, and a year of weekly domestic violence classes for a scuffle with officers responding to a domestic violence call last summer in Los Angeles. So he did have a scuffle with cops as a result of a domestic violence but I Call. don't think it was him that was doing the domestic violencing. Anyways, we don't need to get into Jackson Hayes <laughs> legalities in the podcast. Next, okay. ne- coming up next, next on 60 Minutes. Goodness. I've got two. You know ne- what? I am going to say what I was going to say earlier. Oh, God. I don't care I mean. anymore. The Hornets were in Detroit like a week ago, and no one said anything about Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. But then you boo Josh Giddy on every touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Let's move it's on. It's something. It's something. I got two more names. We can go quickly through these. One, I think, is a player that is better than fringe, like does not fit the criteria that I described, where it's like a non-rotation guy, 
one or fewer first or seconds. I think he's he's a better player than that asset class. But given his contract situation, he could walk for nothing. And it's kind of a rental. Um, you could maybe get for that price point. And I think is maybe my favorite trade target. I think I know who you're going to say here. Let's hear it. Gordon Hayward? No. Oh, okay. Jalen Smith. Hey, he looks like he's going to spend his off days in Oklahoma City at the local card shop playing Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and I'm that kind of makes me want to trade for him even more. He, like, <laughs> when we describe what this team needs, like a strong front court presence next to Chet. Check. Three-point shooting. Check. Efficient scoring. Check. Tall. Check. Can rebound. <laughs> Check. Does not Rex make a ton Bex. of money. Check. Rex specs. Check. <laughs> like, is he going to make this team the bona fide favorite to win it all? Absolutely not. But is he probably pound for pound, dollar for dollar, the best player you could trade for in this sort of fringe marketplace? I think so. Smooth and they need to get another off. Jalen on the team. Check. Right. That that too. Another Jalen. <laughs> All right. If you're not on the stream, you need to be on the stream. Can someone tell me how this man? And let me uh let me get another picture of him. <laughs> and this man are the same person. It's called vision correction, Jacob. Awesome, dude. It is freaking awesome. As the only one wearing glasses on the podcast (laughs) at the moment. I am am not against a Jalen Smith move. Nick. He is freaking awesome. He is 6'10", 215, averaging 10 and 5 and a half in 17 minutes, shooting 63% from the floor, 48% 48% from three and an assist a game in 17.6 minutes. Like, is that when, not just like plug that dude into this roster? They got Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. They just traded for Pascal. They got this Obi summer. Toppin. They traded for Obi. Isaiah Jackson. They got, a, I think Isaiah Jackson's the most likely to move from Indiana. Sure. But I wonder what it would take to get Jalen Smith. What did they, what did they give up to get him from Phoenix? I think it was like a first, but the contract thing is so. I, again, he if is. If they ask for one of your firsts in, in this upcoming twenty twenty four draft, would you do it? I think the so. Utah pick. The ooh, that's hard. That's really hard. So the the thing that makes him so he only makes five million a year. First of all, um, he has a player option next year for that five million. So He'll I think. That. Yeah, I think he's well worth more than that. Because you're basically a rental, which is the only reason I'm like that Utah pick. You're basically trading like a 10 to 18 pick for him for a rental. That's tough. I would prefer going like the multiple seconds and like a Poku or a Trey man or something where it's like this interesting young player that I would going a first. Um, But again, I think he's the kind of guy that if he fits the system, and you think you can re-sign him, you look back and you think, man, that was a great trade. It's mm-hmm. a good one. 
he's the one I like the most so far. Okay. You're not going to like this next one, uh, the, the final one. <laughs> and I'm only bringing him up because we talked about the bench stuff earlier. And he's a former Thunder player who could play that backup point guard role and can get you a bucket whenever you want it. Hold on. Who is it, Justin? Is it uh, Dennis Schroeder? Yes. Okay. Oh, interesting. What were you thinking? Me? I don't. I didn't know who he was going. <laughs> he was just pointing to you because he didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had no clue. I um, thought about making a joke and saying Dion Waiters, but I knew better. Um, God, they brought Dion Waiters back. I oh, on, I'd buy I the own. jersey immediately. <laughs> I always I, liked Schroeder. And Justin, I know you. You got Schroeder comments. My one thing, I just don't want to trade for anyone under six eight. You got all the dudes that are six eight that you need. I, I, if they trade for somebody, I'd like them to be a bigger wing or a big. Justin, well, go ahead. I, think I, I agree, and that's why the first three names were that criteria, and the 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 latest was not. <laughs> I think a Schroeder trade signals how you feel about some of those names. Like you said, Jacob, at least now, not not making a long term designation. But if you're wanting to make a trade for this season, the I guess if you rewind to some of the other names that we talked about in our five big things that need to happen the second half of the season, a Dennis Schroeder trade signals that you're probably not loving the Josh Giddy and or Mitich that you're getting heading into the playoffs. Right. I would think so. So I think that if they says, trade for for Dennis Schroeder, like Vasa is no longer playing. Correct. And Giddy's role probably heading into the playoffs shrinks. Like, I would does think it, so. Does it change your viewpoint if let let's say let's say Vasa was the primary piece in a Jalen Smith trade, and Schroeder was a second trade to fill that kind of void? Does that change your opinion at all? Not that Pressy's going out and doing two trades, I don't think. I mean, I I like it either way. But mm, you like the shooter trade. I I do like the shooter trade. I think I'd be very surprised. Same. Very. Same. I Same. don't think it will happen. I don't think it's the it doesn't feel like the move this front office will make, but I don't dislike it. I don't I don't think that. I don't think the Thunder are making a move that will constitute any kind of splash. Like, picture someone doing an Olympic high dive. Like, the tiniest splash possible is where the Thunder are headed. Yeah. And I think Schroeder's way too big of a splash. I just think about that team. I know he's there for two years, but really the team I think about is the, the Chris Paul team. And I know it's easy to think about the the fun, the good stuff. Like Schroeder was fun to cover. Like how many pods we on here, like raving about Dennis Schroeder, six men of the year bucket, like pesky defender. He's not a great defender, but he's pesky. Yep. Pesky. He is small. He's very small. It's an interesting one. Remember when he went to Boston and he made the Dennis Schroeder app? And you could vote on what jersey number he wore in Boston. No, I did not know that. And he wore like, I think it was like 79. What? Like disgusting I didn't know that was number. why. Yeah. Uh, exclusively oh on the Dennis Schroeder mobile app. Something <laughs> every NBA fan needs. Shout out Mello for bringing that dude to OKC. Indeed. 
And for what it's worth, Nick, I think your four ideas are really interesting. Jalen Smith is my favorite. Me too. Out of all 20, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Look for it in Nick's article. <laughs> the 20 parter. Um, the people on the podcast know who I like. I'm kind of coming around on bringing in Gordon Hayward just for the hell of it. It wouldn't cost much. Like you could probably get him for like Bertans, Poku in a couple of seconds. Because if no one trades for him, I think he's getting bought out. I think he's uh, likely going to be injured when you need him most, which has kind of been the thing. That's probably fair. Uh, But he he would certainly be an interesting piece. Agreed. I'm just waiting for the Denny trade. Yeah. Justin, do we have an update? Thank you. I appreciate that. Peer pressure does work, folks. <laughs> Justin, do we have an update on the standings? We do. We do have an update on the prediction standings. You know, today's game was an important game for someone. Nick, do you know who that someone was? It was me, because I had to bring you, instead of 10 points behind, you're now only <sighs> 8 points behind. Thanks. Appreciate that, If buddy. the Thunder would have beat Detroit today, yes. Nick would be in the lead by, I think, 3 points. Uh, that is, I would be number one. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big one. That was that a big money one. Nick, ball is a bitch, Nick. Yeah, Nick was the only host to not money ball the trailblazers game. So when we were all, <laughs> and we all wetting come. out the trailblazers win, God saying, bless Chauncey Billups saying Nick was a genius for money balling the, the Pistons game instead of this one. And look where we are now. So the updated standings, we have Taylor still up top this week with 29 points. Nick in second, losing two points because of his money ball miss at 27. Jacob at 25, Silva at 24, and myself in last, as always, at 19. It's still close. It's still fairly close. Um, Still fairly close. Nick, I woke up this morning thinking, I got to talk about Nick in first place. We gotta buy. We gotta pay for Nick for a day in Vegas. We're all going broke. I've seen what Nick does in Vegas. <laughs> this man spent forty bucks at the Taco Bell Cantina. I was gonna have to take out a second mortgage. A lot of time. A lot of time. This is and true. here we are. So, let's make our predictions for this coming week, gentlemen. Yes. We have four four games on the docket. I'm trying to pull them up as I talk. That's why I'm stalling. Wolves, Nuggets, Hornets, and Raptors. There we go. Gate all at home. Tomorrow night, a Sega Baba against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Justin, what do you got? As much as I want to say this. You can't say as much as I without finishing that with hate Rudy Gobert. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert. Thank you. And as much as I want the Thunder to rebound with a resilient victory against the Wolves, I have this as an L. There's the old cliche that the the first home game after a long road trip is really like the last game of the road trip. And I think the Thunder are exhausted from this road trip. And I think the the Timberwolves, though they've had some up and downs lately, I think the, the Timberwolves get the W in Oklahoma City this time. I think Ant in particular comes into that, this one feeling pretty spicy. Nick, what do you got? I have an L also and it is my money ball <gasps> very good uh i took i gotta get it pulled up because i forgot what I, took. I took a win 
against the Wolves, as I said earlier in the show, I just think the Thunder are a matchup problem for the Timberwolves, a little thorn in their side, it being at home, uh, and especially coming off an ugly loss, even though it's a Sega Baba, coming off an ugly loss, I think they'll be motivated. Uh, Taylor and JD took wins as well. Nick is the only one to moneyball this game. Two nights later on Wednesday night, the Thunder take on the Denver Nuggets, also here in Oklahoma City. Nick, what do you got in the Denver Nuggets game? Have an L. Um, I am very much a numbers person. And in beating the Nuggets three out of four times does not seem very likely. So I'm taking the L for that sole reason. Seems fair. Justin, what do you got? Math. Ibrahim in the chat calling me out for picking the uh, Timberwolves L saying, this is why you're last. You know what? The only way to make up ground, right? If I keep picking the games the same as everybody else, I'm going to stay in last. Because if everybody gets them right, that does me no good. That is why the Thunder are getting a W against the Denver Nuggets. Because I know that all you go further down the standings. (laughs) There's only two options on the table. I got to have big swings here. Um, Because the rest of you are too scared to to, to, to pick a win over the Nuggets. So I'm going win against Denver. I took the loss against the Nuggets. I just uh, have a feeling Jokic is going to have a really big game. Taylor and JD also took L. So Justin is the only one with this a chance in the Nuggets game. There's a chance to make up ground. Uh huh. Friday night, the Thunder come home to play the new, no, come home, stay home to play the, I want to say New Orleans Hornets. Oh my gosh, the that. Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> the last time the Charlotte Hornets were in Oklahoma City. They beat the crap out of them at the end of last season. Justin, what do you have happening against the Hornets Friday night? Yeah, Justin, the if Hornets... you make up ground, you got to get you got to get creative, right? Right? Okay. Right? No, no, not that creative. Not foolish, Nick. Creative, but not foolish. The Thunder beat the Charlotte Hornets. I have this as my money ball as Ooh. well. I think. What do they play? They play the Nuggets on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Then the and Hornets, then the Hornets on, Friday. on Friday. So like. Getting home, getting to sleep in your own bed, getting a couple days off, it's going to be a big win. Nick, what do you got? Got a W. No money ball. I've already used that on the loss. I have a W against the Hornets as well. That is my money ball. Uh, Taylor took W money ball. JD took W money ball. So this is everybody's money ball this week, except so for Justin Nick. gets no leg up. <laughs> Listen, the leg up is happening against Denver. Just wait. And Minnesota. Me Make and up Nick. one point, baby. Yeah. Maybe one two. Point a, one point at a time. Last game at home Sunday night against the Toronto Raptors. Nick, Dub. what do you got? Dub. Dub. Same. Yep. I think everyone took a win on this one. I'm That's excited to watch Scotty Barnes game. play. It is. What do you mean? That's the that's the end of that oh, day slate off. is his all-star coach cutoff. Do you think it'll do you think it'll come down to the wire where it's like I hope so Raptors game? I hope so. That'd be fun. That'd be really cool. Watching J dub and I because I think J dub will guard Scotty. And I think Scotty will guard Shea on the other end. I think that's just gonna be a fun matchup. I love Scotty Barnes. He's awesome. Do indeed. He's like the 
here, here's a podcast. Well, he's the uncontested, like best player out of that draft right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't. I mean, Cade has the possibility of getting there, but Nick he's not still there. loves Cade. Cade's I mean, awesome. I, I recency bias. I think that when healthy and today, you could certainly make a case for Scotty. Don't forget how bad he was last year. For sure, great rookie season. It's called growth. Or is it called inconsistency? <laughs> Sophomore slump. Does that mean Josh Giddy's going to be phenomenal next year? Is that how that works? I sure hope so. We'll see. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in the Uncontested tonight. We greatly appreciate you. The chat was popping. You guys were kind of saying some crazy stuff over there. I love it. Keep coming back. <laughs> Keep typing in that chat box. Love to see it. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, thank you so much for downloading and tuning in. If you would, please consider subscribing to the pod and subscribing to the YouTube channel. Hit that thumbs up on the video. Just helps us get more for you pages for people. Helps more people see the show. Would mean a ton to us. You can also hit that little bell on YouTube. It'll tell you when we're going live. Speaking of going live, tomorrow night after the Thunder take on the Minnesota Timberwolves, I believe it is JD and Nick. We'll be here live with you for that post game. We will then be back Wednesday night after the Thunder take on the Denver Nuggets. Friday night, somebody will be here after the Charlotte game. We just don't know who yet. And then Sunday, we're back here as normal at 9 p.m. Central Time. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Taylor's trying to post more TikTok videos. I think I feel like I say that after every podcast we've ever done and he's posted like one um so i'm just gonna keep saying it because it baby makes me steps. feel better yeah baby steps we will see you guys tomorrow well, i won't see you but nick and jd will see you tomorrow after the game have a great start to your week and until then as always thunder up <laughs>